Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, where adventure begins. Check out their website at gamersinlehigh.com. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. That's right, it's another episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, and uh, yeah, we're here, we're back. Uh, after taking a small, brief week of uh, vacation, time off, uh, to recharge our batteries, uh, we left you with a rebroadcast of that great interview with uh, author Dan Wells, which was lots of fun. We also had the guys from Geek Media here as well, so uh, if you enjoyed that, you know, uh, we hope you did, and uh, we have a great, great show for you tonight. We've got uh, BattleBards coming on tonight to talk about their amazing uh, system that will allow you to enhance your uh, your RPG campaigns. So uh, if you haven't already heard of these guys, they have a Kickstarter out there right now with uh, about 27 days to go, and they're almost halfway there. So we'll be talking to them about this cool system, and then we have, uh, we'll have we be wrapping up the show with uh, Sci-Fi Channel's TV series uh, Face-Off's Logan Long. Uh, he just was on there recently competing for on Season 8. Uh, we'll have him on later today talking about his experience there and uh, you know doing special effects makeup and, and so forth. So it's going to be a super exciting show. And, uh, you know, looks like the, the other guys are having some technical difficulties. So Savart and Scotty will be uh, joining us shortly. And we've got some other great news. Uh, happening as well. We'll announce that a little bit later, but first off, I just got to say, oh my gosh, the new teaser trailer for Star Wars just came out today, and it is amazing. If you haven't seen it, run out, find it. Uh, I mean, they wrap it up amazingly. At the very end, you see Han Solo, Chewbacca standing there, and Han Solo says, Chewie, we're home, which is just spine-tingling. It's amazing. I have to check that one out. Uh, yeah, you know, and you ha- you hear Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker talking, you know, that thing where, you know, the strongest for- is- the force is strong in my family, my father have it, I have it, my sister has it. And then he said, and then you hear him say, and you have it, and you you see someone handing a lightsaber to someone, and then there's just a whole mess of stuff going on, and you and you see someone pulling up a melted Darth Vader mask. So, uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So we can talk about that a little bit later when the guys jump on as well. There's a lot of stuff moving around. Star Wars Celebration is this weekend. Uh, we have someone out there doing interviews and talking uh, to people. Uh, we just finished Teen Author Boot Camp this last weekend. We've got tons of great author interviews. In fact, we've got two up uh, that just rolled out today. You can go check out our YouTube channel at Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Uh, or even check out our Twitter feed. 
we have Shalee MacArthur's interview and then uh, J. Scott Savage's. Uh, all right, it looks like the guys are here, so let me pull them on. Are you guys there? Hey, guys. Sorry about that. You have re- you've made it. We did. They're back. Welcome, welcome, my, welcome. All my phones in my house were dead. Then we were trying to set it up to the computer, and that didn't work. So we grabbed Scott's cell phone, and we are here and ready to rock. <laughs> wow. It sounds like you've hot-wired the, the Falcon to be able to call in and talk with us tonight. <laughs> it's kind of funny oh, that so we much. were just talking about the new Star Wars trailer. Oh, was that not amazing? It's so that was amazing. exciting. I know. Uh, I, my spine was tingling the whole time. But uh, we can talk about that a little bit more. It looks like uh, the BattleBird guys are calling, have called in, so uh, we'll jump on, we'll talk with them, and then we'll talk some geek news before uh, we talk with Logan. So, All right. Mm-hmm. Good evening. Is this BattleBirds? This is. This is Alex. All right, Alex. Thanks for joining hey. the show tonight. Is it just you, or is there anyone else joining us? No, today you just got me. Uh, so normally Mike Adams uh, joins me for these. i got to tell you, he's in Star Wars Celebration. We didn't let him come on. Uh, this has been a year that he's been waiting for. It's actually his birthday. Uh, so he really, really wanted to make it, but we said, hey, you know what? Dude, you've been looking forward to this for so long. So he's, uh, um, he's teasing me with all the stuff that he's seeing there. That teaser was insane. Oh my I God. know. Was it not? It was crazy. It was amazing. I mean, when, uh, not to give any spoilers for a teaser, but seeing an Imperial-class Star Destroyer wrecked in the desert, I mean, for me, that hits me because those, those are iconic symbols of power and stature, yep. and oh, my gosh. Well, and not only that, just the, whoever it was holding Vader's melted mask, pulling that up. Right, right. After, oh you know, my Luke, God. after Luke's little, and you have it, too, and you're just like... <gasps> Who is this? Sure. Is this? Is this his brother or his son? Is this his nephew, his niece? Who? Yeah. And, so. you know, for those of us out there that have read, just consumed all the novels after, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Jedi, you're kind of wondering, okay, so which story arc are we going to be following here? They're trying to pick up any clues that they can. Oh, boy. Yeah. Just super exciting. Well, I, it is exciting, but at the same time, Disney's thrown all that stuff out. They've re- It sounds like they've written their own storyline, so... Or and or maybe they're just saying that and then they're throwing us a hook. Who knows? It's going to be awesome. It could be, but you know, so you're looking for like, okay, are we going to see any Mara Jade or Grand Admiral Thrawn or any any one of those? Um, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's just super exciting. That's awesome. So you guys have created this amazing system called Battle Bards uh, to help enhance everyone's role playing game, pretty much. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Kickstarter right now. Now, what what do we get in the Battle Bar package or, or the system? Sure. So um, it's the Battle Bar service is kind of really split into two major parts. Uh, first, it's the audio, um, a massive library of specifically tailor-made music, sound effects, soundscapes, monsterscapes, voiceovers, languages. Wow that have been tailor-made for the tabletop gaming experience. Um, and, I mean, we're, we're kind of shooting for more than 500 uh, tracks, uh, and we're hoping to maybe even cross 1,000. It just depends on how this Kickstarter is going to go. Um, and then the other side of that, and by the way, I mean, this audio, um, 
it's, it's done by pros. I mean, we're talking about people who do national work like Disney commercials, Coca-Cola commercials. Um, you know, uh, we're really happy. We're really excited to be working with uh, the guy who does the voice for the Skeleton King in Diablo 3, uh, which is super exciting. I don't know if uh, any of you guys remember uh, Darkwing Duck from the Disney Afternoon. Oh, yes. I uh, love that show. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, there's a talent on that we're really looking forward to working with. So th- that's, that's the thing. Um, unlike, uh, I think, some of the other audio out there, which can be used for gaming, which a lot of it is stupendous, by the way, um, we really don't mess around when it comes to the talent that we're working with. We really kind of uh, choose the best of the best, and we can kind of get into that later if you guys want. So the other aspect, it's not just audio. Um, I'm sure you guys know, at Tabletop Gamers, uh, you could have all the greatest audio in the world, but if you don't have a way to seamlessly integrate it in a game, it's really going to fall flat. So we also offer tools, which is going to be really comprising around the soundboard, which helps GMs bring that audio closer to them to make it easy, more easily used and integrated into the gaming uh, scene. Uh, and also a mixer, which you don't need to be a sound engineer. It's all click and drag. Let's layer the audio. I want this voiceover to play and then fade out as this spell effect is coming in, which you could just set up in a couple of seconds. This sounds awesome. Yeah, I, no, we're, I, I, we're we're super excited. I, that's really exciting because you know I I've ran several gaming uh, game sessions where you know I've had to go hold on a second and then take the CD out, get the other set, uh, you know, put yep. the CD play, have the music playing in the background, and then have my iPod yep. hooked to a set of speakers. And oh, I want that growl. And oh, hold on a second, then I want that lightning bolt sound. So that's, I, right. that's all integrated. That's amazing. That's right, and, and, and that's the one thing that, I mean, we're, we're all gamers first, um, and that's the great thing that I get to connect with uh, GMs such as yourself that understand whether you have, you know, CDs that you're trying to mix in or, you know, you've got four different media players open and kind of ready to go, um, but it's still sometimes like in the middle of that, that climactic battle with the BBG, you've got your audio going, and then something kind of got messed up. You weren't able to get that other... Uh, track playing in one of the other media players a delay and the energy just falls off the table and you can't really recover uh, that sense of seamless action when all of a sudden there's a hold on guys, uh, wait, uh, okay here we go, that's the audio I want to play <laughs> it, it, you just lose that moment, or what's even worse and, and I, I, I'm sure I'm not the only GM this has happened to, like you're in the middle of this great scene and a Geico ad comes on, you're like oh my god I'm oh, so yeah. sorry guys, yeah. that just destroys everything <laughs> that I worked so hard to set up, that needs to go away. We need tools so GMs can have everything they need in one spot, ready to go, tools that, that a GM understands uh, is, uh, you know, kind of put together in a way that allows it to be used in a way that corresponds to tabletop gaming. No, that's, that's exactly right. I think you hit it right on the nose there. Uh, I've had several of those sessions where, you know, I have Spotify running. You know, we got some dramatic pirate theme music, you know, from... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean going on, and then you get yep. that ad that comes through, and you're like, oh, man, exactly. that just killed yeah. everything. Exactly. You know? And, you know, you know, mature players, you know, they can roll with it. You can say, you know, hey, guys, you know, just please ignore it. But you know what? That, that spark, that, that energy kind of just fades after that point. Uh, yeah. And I'm so glad that you brought up uh, Dead Man's Chest. Um, another really exciting aspect of the service is, when it comes to mixing um, audio, you're going to be able to bring your own audio libraries in into the mix. So an example that I like to cite um, is a couple of weeks ago, uh, my PCs went to a tavern, uh, which, you know, is pretty common. 
Um, and this time I played one of our tavern voiceovers, and I wanted a fun, lighthearted background, so I played two hornpipes from Dead Man's Chest by Hans Zimmer. And what a great mix of this, you know, professionally made voiceover of a gambling hall where they're telling the PCs you can play dice or cards or goblin tots, you know, this just kind of full of flavor, full of accenting with this lively tavern-like audio uh, that, I mean, who's going to really be better than Hans Zimmer? I mean, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. And that just really set the scene. And to put that together, I, I don't think it took me more than 10 or 15 seconds. Nice. And, and just looking at the, the Kickstarter, because that's out there right now, it looks like there's more packs than this, but there's like an Elven City underscore, there's a Zombie Monster pa- uh, Monsterscape pack, Orc Fest score, there's a Mountainscape, spell, uh, Summoning Spell, Spellcasting Service, Infernal Language, Spell Evocations, uh, Jungle Soundscape, Weather Sounds, uh, Clan Hold score, Cobalt Monsterscape, Dwarven Language, a Merchant Pack, Dragons, Dwarven Temple. I mean, and it, there, it sounds like there's going to be more than that. So anything that anyone can imagine, it sounds like you guys are throwing it at them. That's, that's kind of the, the ticket. Um, you know, and that kind of goes into how BattleBards came along. So um, BattleBards actually is an evolution from the original, uh, we, uh, the original idea, which was Realm Sound, uh, which was just a bunch of friends here in the Orange County Gaming Group in Southern California. Um, and I just kind of had this idea. I've been using audio in my games for about 15 years, and I just went to my friends and be like, hey, guys, I think there might be other people out there that would really dig professionally made audio for games. Why don't we all get together, do a Kickstarter, and, and see where it goes? And it went just so, so well. Um, with the money that we had, though, um, we could really, you know, we, we make all of our talent audition for everything we accept. And I think that really goes to one of our secret sauces. And I could talk about the crowdsourcing model that we use, um, if you guys like. But um, we could still choose only one track. And you know, even after the shortlisting process, we'd still have anywhere from half a dozen to a dozen just incredible pieces uh, that we, when it comes to voting, we would literally fight over. I mean, we haven't thrown punches yet, uh, but we've gotten pretty close because you know, to one gamer or another – a track can resonate with you. So, for example, you know, with your gaming experience, a dark elf temple can sound a certain way. There's certain accents that you're really looking for that makes it dark elf. For me, it might be something different. So we would just go and just really argue which one we had to pick. With Battle Bards, it's like we want to come up with a system where we bring all of that shortlist in. So they all have this, they've all been cleared that they're the highest quality. They've all been specifically tailor-made with a creative brief in mind. Uh, so they're all outstanding, and let's let the gamers decide which ones they want to use or if they want to use all of them uh, to what speaks to them that's iconic about that race or location or whatever it happens to be. So Battle Bards is this engine to have our cake and eat it too. Let's bring that full short list in on, in every category. Wow. wow. Uh, this, this, you, you have hit everything. This is perfect. Um, <laughs> Now I just have to. I, I want to try this. Oh please, mm. yeah, no, um, you know, and don't don't make any mistake. We do uh, strongly believe that we have compiled what we uh, strictly believe is the best fantasy gaming audio on the planet. Um, and again, this really kind of lends to just how we go about doing it. So, and, and again, I will also say that there is some unbelievable fantasy audio out there. We use a lot of it. It's it's great stuff. But at least, you know, when people ask me, well, how do you guys do things differently? And, and there's a lot of things that we do differently. But really one of them is every piece that we put the Battle Bard stamp on has to 
fight it out with a lot of extremely talented artists. So we do like an open casting. We do auditions. Uh, uh, so I'm the audio director, and you know, we usually will start with a creative brief, and, and that goes into doing just an awful lot of research in all the iconic gaming platforms out there. So we kind of uh, cast a wide net as far as what will people think is iconic to a certain audio piece. Uh, and then we throw it out there and uh, artifact audition. So we don't stick with one artist or one group of artists and simply hand them the brief. No, they need to battle it out. Uh, and that, I mean, that kind of attests to one of the reasons why we even call this Battle Bards. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll work with the auditions. Uh, I will, you know, kind of help these artists along. And at the very end, we'll do a, we'll, I'll do a shortlisting process and then we'll vote on which ones will be allowed in, whether ones that we purchase or ones that we're set to license. Um, and, and that's the thing. So when we hear a lot of audio out there, one of the things that we found before we started doing this was one artist could do, for example, an outstanding elven dirge or an astounding elven piece, but that artist won't necessarily have it perfectly dialed in for, say, an orc war march or, you know, a giant combat monster scape or even weapon effects. I mean, because everyone has their own expertise in certain areas. Um, and that's why we always are looking for new talent. We're always um, willing to hear anything that people pitch. And, yes, we do tend to kind of cultivate an artist group, but that's because they consistently deliver outstanding stuff. Um, like, uh, you know, Goof Parade, Mark Chalette, uh is one of our premier guys who just keeps delivering outstanding stuff over and over again. Richard Daskaz is unbelievable to work with, uh, the Electric Mike Orchestra. Um, just these guys that continuously deliver. Um, I think Olivier Giragat, who does so much of our sound effects and soundscapes, but again, he earns it each and every time. So I got to tell you, man, you got to stop me now, every now and then because I will keep, keep going. I will keep rambling on this with drool coming out of my mouth because I just get way too passionate about it. I love it. I, I love the passion. It just gets me more excited about that, just hearing you just, you know, it radiate from you about this. So now the Kickstarter, is this the first time you've ever, you guys have ever done a Kickstarter? No. So this is uh, technically it's our third. Uh, so okay. uh, we, we did the realm sound at first, which we weren't ready. Uh, you know, we, we kind of, you know, did whatever research we could, but you know, we were just like, Hey, let's just throw it out there. It didn't quite hit its goal. But then the second time around, which is a realm sound 2.0, we crushed it. I mean, I think we hit our goal in like one or two days, um, you know, our goal was, was super, super modest. We didn't think there were going to be that many people out there that was just going to be so jazzed about professionally made audio for gaming. So, I mean, we just hit some great stretch goals. Uh, and now that we, we've, we're found that there really is a community out there that's really interested in this type of stuff, we said, okay, let's take a step back. Let's create an engine that will continuously grow this library. So let's not just keep doing one shot. Let's not just, you know, going back to this talent and say, okay, well, we're just going to choose one, uh, you know, gnome celebration track or one, uh, you know, weapons hitting plate mail pack. Let's see if we can create an engine to bring a bunch of it in and bringing it in month after month. And when you're working with talent like we do, we need to find a way to incentivize them and such that they keep adding to this library month after month. And that engine, hopefully, uh, will be BattleBards. Nice. Do you guys... Uh, guys, do you have any questions? He keeps ripping the questions right out of my mouth. I know. <laughs> I think the same thing. Um, it, it, it's it's oh man, I'm I'm like stoked. I just wish I had it for Saturday. I'm running a game Saturday. This would make my game session so much more amazing. 
Um, uh, what are you What are you running? Because we might be able to help you out still. Uh, you know, it, it's a basic D and D game, so nothing too fancy. But uh, you know, uh, I do need some dwarves, some orcs, and uh, anything Ooh, like that. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, so I got so yeah. I mean, well, we had the realm sound audio, which is what we did on that last uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. Let me know. Uh, you know, we have that audio out there. Be more than happy. Look, getting our audio to passionate gamers, that's why we're doing this. That's, yeah. You know, that, that's the only reason why we've put in so much time. I mean, this has been, BattleBards in particular has been about a year and a half of nonstop work to get to this point. Realm, uh, sourcing audio, we've been doing it for the last uh, three years or so. So if we can get audio in your hands and you guys can just be ha- have more of an immersive game, we'll do it. L- let me know what you need, and I'm happy to help. Uh, you know, you touched on the Dwarven stuff. I, I think some of, I mean, and, and a lot of our stuff is mind-blowingly awesome, but, and really all that credit goes to our artists, but the Dwarf Temple tracks, or the Dwarf Religious tracks, I think stand out as one of the deepest, uh, most um, engrossing, immersive stuff out there where, you know, I was very particular in the creative brief, I'm like, guys, we have to do some dwarf iconic bits to make sure that any gamer who listens to a couple seconds of this, boom, they know, you know what, those are dwarves, and this is a religious ceremony. So you have anvils being clinked in the backgrounds. You have, you know, iconic dwarvish sounding names like Morrigan, and, uh, you know, you have that, you know, a lot of these elements that a lot of gamers will relate to. Uh, and, and that's one of the biggest challenges when we're doing this. It's like, okay, um, there's all kinds of gamers out there. They play all kinds of systems, but we need to have these iconic, uh, an iconic package to this audio so they make sure that what they're listening to, they're going to know, okay, those are orcs, those are you know, dark elves, those are dwarves, or oh, that's an elf, what have you. So, um, no, man, happy to, to lend a hand. I mean, again, uh, just getting a, a, like a tweet from someone says, oh, my God, we use the Battle Bards audio, and that made my players fall off the table or uh, you know, actually yeah. dialed in the energy. Uh, that's going to basically make my whole day. Awesome. I, and just looking at the, the, the package amounts, these aren't unreasonable, honestly, for what you guys are offering. Uh, I mean, you can pretty much get on board at 25 bucks and still have quite a bit with the soundboard, the offline mode, uh, and, and so forth. So, that, I mean, that's amazing. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, the real impetus was this has to be available to everyone. We don't want this to be some kind of an exclusive elitist thing. No, I mean, everyone deserves to have that, con- that audible context to make their games a little bit more exciting. Um, you know, the example that I like to bring to people, you know, we, we get asked a lot of questions. One of them is like, well, why audio? Or why do you guys think that games gets more immersive, you know, using audio? And what I love to tell people is watch the Star Wars, you know, with Star Wars Celebration, I thought it would be, be a good example, but watch that opening crawl without John Williams in the background. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, no. or, or, or that video that's making the rounds on YouTube, the Star Wars New Hope ending ceremony without mm-hmm. John Williams. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just, it's so flat. There's just the, the whole energy. So I said, you know, if you would watch a movie without that audio, you shouldn't be playing without that audio, too. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just, since, since tabletop gaming is nothing about that collective imagination, what a great uh, fuel for that to help the the GM and the players kind of dial in the appropriate amount of energy. Yeah. Well, and, and music has kind of set the tone for movies for decades. I mean, you know, going back to your Star Wars uh, reference there, 
the first appearance of Vader walking through that ship without the Imperial March there would have been nothing. It wouldn't have been that what amazing. What a great example. Absolutely. You know, yeah, you, that, that set the tone. You know, horror movies, when they're going down into the tunnel, the music starts getting creepy and the tension starts building because of that music. You're not seeing anything yet. It, there's nothing happening. But that music sets it up so when you finally, that instant happens, you know, that it's perfect. So uh, this is just exciting. So, no, so you you absolutely nailed it. Uh, I mean, kudos. And, uh, and that's something that we're also trying to get across. So we're, we're kind of shooting some um, – uh, YouTube, a small little uh, YouTube video series uh, where we explore audio and gaming. So I help to kind of explain some of the ways and all the different uh, situations which audio can help to make uh, a tabletop game more immersive. But a great example that I like to uh, tell people as far as showcasing the power of audio uh, in, in this kind of context is uh, a long time ago. So again, uh, I've been using audio um, in my games for about 15 years. And the, the, the light bulb moment, the eureka moment, where I found out like, oh my God, this, what I'm doing here with audio needs to happen in every game, was a very, very long time ago. Uh, I was running a, a D&D game. And um, you know, we were all teenage guys. We just came back from our dinner break. Our way too much sugar in our systems. We're bouncing off the walls. Uh, and then when we came back, I realized, shoot, you know, I need to run my players through kind of a very heavy, very dramatic scene. And, we're, you know, the jokes, the jokes are great, but they just won't stop. And I kind of get it, dial in my, uh, my player's emotional state really, really quick. So I'm like, okay, the scene that I'm running is kind of similar to, you know, the Braveheart, this one scene in Braveheart, which I'm sure we'll all remember. Um, so I played the theme to that scene, which is called Revenge, uh, which is just to kind of get, get you guys um, to that scene. It's when William Wallace on horseback starts kind of walking back slowly or, or coming on horseback slowly right after Murren, his wife, was killed um, by mm-hmm. the, the guy who was running the garrison. And when I was playing that scene, because of that emotional connection to the movie and um, to that scene, I've got all of these teenage guys who are literally just spitting Mountain Dew at one another to just, boop, you know, on turning on a dime, we're just at the edge of the seats like, oh, my God, something crazy is going to happen. Holy cow, we're actually going to be a part of this. Let's do this. And it was just magic. I mean, they just turned on a second. And that's when I realized, whoa, kind of like what you were saying about the horror movie, even though I haven't done anything yet, I haven't put a huge dragon out or I haven't killed a major NPC, they knew something major was going to go down. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So uh, let's see. <laughs> it's out on Kickstarter. You guys can look up. Uh, it's Battle Barge, just like it sounds. Uh, go invest. I mean, the thing is, you guys still have 27 days left. Uh, you haven't been out there that long, and you guys have almost reached half your goal, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, isn't that so, isn't that amazing? Yeah, that is. Everyone needs to go out and support this. This is just awesome. Um, yeah, um, you know, we we definitely stand by the quality of the audio. Um, we have quite a few examples up on the Kickstarter page. Um, you can also go to SoundCloud. Uh, we have some examples up there. Uh, you know, one of my favorites as far as that evocative feeling is whenever you're going to put like a red dragon in front of your party, go ahead and play the, uh, the red dragon, either the aerial assault uh, or the ground combat. And, you know, the, the ground combat starts with, you know, two heavy legs just thundering down into, into stone and just a blast of fire comes out. And, boy, you know, asking for a save. 
on the breath weapon when you play that is way different than, you know, putting a mini out and just saying, okay, well, he breathes fire on you, give me a save. When you play that, your players are going to look at each other and goes, whoa, dude, what, what is going on? Holy crap, how much damage did we just take? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as, as far as also participating, um, what was really successful in our um, Realm Sound campaign is, again, we're doing this for the gaming community. We're doing this for you guys, as well as us. Don't get me wrong. This is very selfish, too. I want access to all this audio in my games. Uh, which was, you know, one of the, the initial impetuses. But um, we also just, we, we, we so value everybody else's input. So what we do is every now and then, particularly on the stretch goal, we will take an audio need like music or a sound effect or a voiceover, and we will let our backers decide what to do. So, for example, uh, if we start getting to our first stretch goal, you'll see that the music is TBD. And that's because as we start reaching that stretch goal, we will put it out to a survey, and we will let you guys tell us what you want. Uh, so, you know, we'll put a couple of suggestions out there. Uh, you know, it's okay. Well, this is what we have in mind. What do you guys think? And it was so fun with Realm Sound seeing what people wanted. For example, Mike, during one of these votes, was sure Dark Elf Temple back then was really going to cinch it, but the gnomes came out on top, and he's not a huge fan of gnomes. Uh, so, but that's what, that's what our backers wanted, and that's what they got. So we did this gnome uh, celebration uh, for that, uh, that piece. Huh. I, I love the fact that you you allow the backers to, to decide. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, hopefully in the next stretch goal, I think we have one or maybe even two pieces that get to be decided by them. And, uh, you know, we'll just have whatever input we can to at least suggest what we think should be going forward with that. But, no, we, we want this to be uh, a movement that's kind of really spearheaded by the community, you know, as much of a grassroots effort as we can. Um, and with some of the talent that we have lined up, we just can't be more excited. And to go even further than that, uh, again, another uh, compliment, another shout-out to our talent. Uh, for the Demigod tier, we, uh, you know, we, we kind of approach some of the most engaged artists that we've worked with, the ones that have just continuously produced absolute audio gold, and we ask them, hey, would you guys be willing to donate something for, to just make a pledge a no-brainer? And then you got the battle, uh, the demigod tier, which uh, is going to be right now two music pieces, one sound effect pack, and a voiceover. Um, that's done by some of our absolute outstanding talent, and that's going to be entirely up to vote by everyone who's a demigod member. So it's going to be a relatively small pool, uh, and it's literally just going to be decided by you guys. Um, so if there's something that you badly need for a campaign, let us know. You know, be a part of it. Vote. Uh, and, and let's see where the chips land, and chances are uh, we'll be recording something like that. And what we'll even do is, uh, even if a vote doesn't win out, we collect all this data, and, uh, you know, if, for example, you know, the Orc Feast, you know, let's say, like, uh, I think that was a remnant from the Realm Sound, even though that didn't win one of the votes, it got quite a few, so we said, well, let's do it. Let's give them that. You know, we're not going to pretend that we know what, every, what all the monsters people use and what settings people play. Let us, let them tell us what to do. Putting the power uh -huh. in their hands. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm looking at the pictures for the slider bars and uh, the the layering of tracks, and this looks super simple. I mean, it, I, I think my kids could even, you know, do this. It's you know, you have it, you just wind it, slide it over, and everything. It's wow. 
Yeah, no, that's right. Um, you know, if I had to say that we had one overall direction for the designing of the soundboard uh, and the mixer. So um, what we have right now is we have the Realm Sound soundboard and mixer, which was in many ways, again, it's the precursor to what the BattleBard soundboard and mixer is, which will have some more options. But the basic principles of just click and drag are going to be exactly the same. So we really follow, followed the mantra of KISS, right? Keep it simple, mm-hmm. stupid. We, you know, the, the, we, I keep getting caught up with all these ideas and all these advanced options, and good thing I have a great team that keeps saying, Alex, that's great, but nobody here is going to be an audio engineer. I'm certainly not an audio engineer. We, we need GM to be able to put this together on the fly super fast and super easy. So everything is click and drag. Even making a mix with, you know, half a dozen sound effects and a music score and a voiceover is just, just click and drag. So, okay, so you've got... You're kind of your master track, which is going to basically say how long the overall mix is going to go for. And then you can just put, you can layer in these what we call subordinate tracks and just click and drag of when you want them to start, when you want them to start, uh, stop. Um, and, and that also goes to cropping tracks. And that's something that um, we haven't seen too much out there where dynamically on the fly, you could take a snippet of a piece, uh, which is particularly valuable for voiceovers. So, um, for example, you could be playing a six-second infernal language uh, script, but uh, for something shorter, if you just want a devil to say hello, you could just click and drag these two sliders at the beginning and the end and just crop out, you know, a, a couple syllables. And there, now you have just an infernal hello or goodbye or I'm going to eat your soul, whatever it happens to be, with just a click and drag uh, type of stuff. And, and I think that's what really lends to... Um, the usability aspect where you don't need to be an engineer. If you can click a mouse and drag, you can basically use everything we've got. Yeah, I mean, and I've I've used other programs, that, but they can only do like really basic sounds and then you just have background music and everything else is kind of set in there and it doesn't... I like the fact that I can set this up and put in what I want and click, drag something over... And, you know, if I want a dragon to suddenly appear in the tavern, I can make that happen. That's awesome. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I had another question uh, a while ago from, uh, you know, a, a user saying, well, what if I, um, you know, what if, the, I, I guess another guy who didn't like gnomes, I guess gnomes have a really bad PR firm, but, you know, it's like if a gnome walks into a tavern, can I play the VO and then right right after clipping a, a fireball sound effect to blow them away? I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty easy. You can get that done in no time. Uh, and then you have independent volume control. So I put together like a siege scene where uh, I used our fireball spell sound effect as also a catapult shot. What I did was I cropped out the spell wind up, which is like a couple seconds. Uh, and I said, no, just give me, so the spell uh, sound effect, and this is how we kind of approach a lot of our audio, really has stages that flow from one to another very seamlessly. So, you know, we have like the spell wind up, in this case for the fireball, the toss, the explosion, and then the rumbling so, okay, let's cut, let's crop out the, the wind-up. Let me get the cost, the blast, and the rumbling. Put, like, 12 of those with an Orcs on the War March backdrop. Boom, I've got a siege scene. And with independent volume control, I could have the different fireballs at different volumes so it sounds like there's depth to it. Where I hear the PCs on a rampart, and there's fireball, you know, there's catapult pitch exploding, you know, a quarter mile to their left, and there's one that just exploded right next to them. Uh, and again, it's just you, you know, with the, with the ease that you can set that up, um, you know, you don't have to. The GM has enough to do. They have a lot of prep that they have to do before. You don't have to use a whole lot of time on this. Wow. 
So, Reverend, I'm thinking you might need to apply this into your daily life, though. So as you're walking down, you know, into your kid's room and they didn't clean it, you can pop on the Ooh. right soundtrack. Life better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just hook it up to, you know, have speakers everywhere. Just turn on the, the music. <clears throat> kids are like, oh, no, i got to get the room clean. That could be awesome. My favorite cable guys when uh, Jim Carrey's climbing that tower and he's all like, you know what the problem with life is? There's no danger music. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah, was he singing something from Star Trek? Oh, no, that was during the Medieval Times joust. It's hilarious. Yeah, he he did the the battle music between Kirk and Spock. Yeah. What a good example, though, right? I mean, yep. <laughs> that made that scene, whether you want to look at it from either perspective, as a movie a watcher watching it, or if you really were in uh, in his space, you know, that would make the joust that much more interesting with Jim Carrey singing that um, in acapella, which is just hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that that is what really makes any game, a movie, um, I mean, even old radio dramas, they had that music in the background, and that's what drove the atmosphere and the feeling of the story. So this is a great, great tool, and this looks amazing. Um, and, and like you said, there is other great stuff out there, but it doesn't seem to have this functionality that you guys have been able to bring into uh, the system. So, wow. I mean, and then, well, then, you that, just, oh, it's so well designed. And then, well, of course, your passion. Idea. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that you'll get in spades. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm so I'm so glad you bring you know also the movie aspect and because you know as a GM I, I've been a GM for two decades and it's it's just, I love telling a story with my friends and um, you know I'm a huge movie buff too and as a GM you're always looking to emulate those incredible scenes that you get to see in you know iconic movies whether it's um, uh, you know uh, Snape's memories from Harry Potter with that Dumbledore's farewell music in the background where you know you're kind of pulling on heartstrings um, whether it's um, the Battle of Coruscant in the very beginning of uh, the the third Star Wars movie where uh, you know uh, Anakin and uh, Obi Wan are in their starships you know attacking General Grievous' ship I mean there's just as a GM, you said, I want to bring that emotion, that energy to my table. I want to tell that story, and I want my players to, you know, I want to pluck at their heartstrings, and I want to get them super energetic. And, yes, I've made PCs cry at the table, and I'm very proud of that. Um, it does kind of sometimes make me feel bad, but I think that's also because I was able to weave the story, the narrative, and the audio to get that emotion uh, from them. And, um uh, audio was just such an important part of that. I, I've I had my players super upset. I've had them rage, um, you know, cry. Um, but I think that's part of the tabletop gaming experience, and um, I couldn't have done it without the right piece. Now, uh, when this launches and everything, there is going to be a, a subscription price to this, correct? Or is it yeah. just a one-time so- no, no. So, yeah, well, there's going to be a subscription price. There is exclusive stuff that we're doing in this Kickstarter that you won't be able to get once we go live. Um, we, okay. we haven't dialed in exactly what the subscription price is going to be, um, okay. but we're going to make sure that our Kickstarter backers are extremely well taken care of, that what they pledged is far and above more advantageous to be a part of um, than when we go live. And, you know, you also get the cool badges that everyone in the world will know it was because of you 
that Battle Buds was able to go live. So if you're kind of into that um, kind of, you know, a little accolade, uh, you'll definitely get that. But, um, yeah, as soon as we kind of dialed in uh, what the subscription price will be, we'll let everyone know. Cool. And, again, it's just on Kickstarter. They can search for Battle Bards. Uh, do you guys have a web page, uh, social media pages, anything like that that they can follow? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So BattleBards.com, you'll kind of see uh, a, a lot of the same that we have in our Kickstarter. We kind of use that to do our pre-marketing. Uh, Twitter, we're uh, at BattleBards. YouTube, forward slash BattleBards. Uh, Facebook, uh, BattleBards. Um, we also um, we're starting to Twitch stream some of our games. So we did that a couple weeks ago. It's still a learning curve, which uh, is proving to be uh, – pretty formidable to kind of crack and I think we've been through four or five different computers to make sure that we have the right one but uh, we also have a Twitch channel and I think we'll be streaming um, Saturday, not this coming Saturday but I think we'll also be streaming on the 25th so if you just kind of want to check out our games and see how we use audio in a very real setting uh, more than welcome to, to check us out Alright, you guys have any other uh, final questions? I if, it, yeah, if nothing else, way. I say go to BattleBards.com. I, I just pulled the site up and I clicked play on the red dragon monster scape on the ground. and Ooh. I only heard six seconds, but it was enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, I forgot who it was that talked about the, the dwarf uh, stuff. You know, play those dwarf religious pieces, see if that, uh, uh, if that will work. Um but yeah, just uh, check us out. Um, more than happy to kind of have a conversation going forward. Um, there's there's so much to explore with audio and tabletop gaming, and it's not even just tabletop gaming. Uh, some interesting uses that I've seen people use this audio for is even board games. Um, you know, the example I like to bring up is on Kickstarter right now. There's a really cool board game that's uh, currently seeking funding. I'm pretty sure they crossed their deadline a long time ago, or, or their target. Uh, Orcs must die. The board game. And it was so weird to, you know, I'll seeing the guy do an example of the game and actually seeing cards, because uh, the, the board game uses cards that are basically labeled exactly what some of our tracks are, uh, you know, whether that's a pit uh, trap or, you know, kind of a weapon sound effect. So you could even use this audio to kind of even heighten, heighten any kind of board games. I don't know if you guys remember the old Hero Quest game. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more perfect uh, for this audio. And, I mean, you could even go as far as Magic Gathering, um, and I got to tell you, there's a few things more satisfying than finishing off an opponent with the lightning bolt card and the lightning bolt spell effect. That just made that victory that much sweeter. Oh, I have to well, agree. That, this is, thank you. Thank you for t- taking the time and getting this all together. This is amazing. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's our passion. This is what we live and breathe. Um, and by talking to, you know, really enthusiastic gamers such as yourselves, it, it puts fuel in the gas tank. I got to tell you, this is why we're doing it. You know, hearing, just hearing, you know, gamers such as yourself say, wow, uh, I'm going to be on cloud nine for at least 24 hours minimum. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's because of that that we're doing this. Hey, I, I got a question for you real quick. Um, yeah. I've just kind of, I plugged my iPad into our soundboard just so I could replay that Red Dragon uh, bit that you have on uh, the page. And I just want to ask if that's okay if I can do that real quick. Oh, absolutely. Please. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit play right now. You guys can, will be able to hear this then.
All right, that was just a 45-second clip of awesomeness. <laughs> uh, All right, yeah, where so is for, the dragon? <laughs> yeah, for Monsterscapes, iMonster is also one of our favorites, uh, pass, even the passive. Um, you know, we, we really try to kind of capture um, the, you know, the, the kind of the, the madness of the creature and its power at one point in the passive track. Um, he hears like a bat or a rat scuttling in the in the cavern. He just levels a disintegration ray at it. Um, so that that one's super fun. Um, for maybe uh, like a creepy ambiance, you guys might want to try the uh, Dark Elf Temple. I got to tell you though, you hear someone get sacrificed pretty badly. My create a brief on that. I said, guys, we're not going for like a Disney Dark Elf. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're doing this for real, we're really diving into that culture. We're really diving into that evil, malicious nature of the Dark Elf. I want to hear brutality. And the artist, Mike Bridge, delivered that. So uh, if you kind of want something that will, you know, send your blood uh, curdling, uh, definitely give that one a, a listen to. For something a little more lighthearted, we got that gambling hall script by Edwin Tiong, which is hysterical. Uh, makes me really want to find out what this game Goblin Toss is. Uh, because that sounds really cool, really fun to play, but maybe not fair to the goblin that's getting tossed. Um, no, there's just – and that's the thing about voiceovers, um, if, if you guys don't mind me mentioning, um, that we're, we're super excited to really bring, I, I think for the first time, voiceovers into the limelight in tabletop gaming. So when I normally tell people that before, they're like, well, I, how is that possible? I don't understand. How, how are you going to bring in professional voiceovers to something that – is kind of scripted by a GM, you know, or it's all done off the cuff. Like, well, what we do is we take the most common NPC interactions out there, which is going to a tavern or a healer, weaponsmith, armorsmith, and we put together these little prepackaged microcosms of script, which provides the GM this background, ambiance, accent, the, the, you know, adventure hooks all this stuff into what is otherwise just going to be an exercise in the county, right? It's like, okay, well, you go to the weaponsmith, okay, I'll buy, buy, buy that plus two sword, how much gold is that, okay? But now uh, I can either, as a GM, I can pick something, one of these voiceovers, or I could just take it off the shelf. I could just get it, pull it at random. It goes, okay, so you guys want to go to weaponsmith? All right, let's just play this one. Now you're going to be greeted by a guy who normally does national work, and it's going to have all these little nuances to it that the GM didn't have to think of ahead of time, and if, if he or she wishes, can then roll with it. Um, so, you know, for example, Goblin Toss, if the players go, yeah, here, here's my two goals, I'll play Goblin Toss, the GM can now have something to roll with, and that can become an established NPC in that town. Um, so we're, we, we're so excited to be able to bring voiceovers into tabletop gaming in a way that we've never seen before. Wow. Oh. I, I, I just keep listening to these sounds. Uh, I mean, here here's the tavern. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's the tavern. I mean, it just keeps going. This is, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Now, uh, okay, one more question. Yeah, this yeah, no, please. Fan- oh, and by the way, and remember, uh, and think of that voiceover with Hans Zimmer's two hornpipes in the background. Yeah. yeah that yeah. That gets awesome. That that is amazing. Now, this is all fantasy based. Will there be any science fiction type stuff that maybe you guys will be rolling out later? Yes, sir. Absolutely. 
obviously, as you could tell there at the beginning of the show, huge sci-fi fan, Star Trek, yeah. Star Wars, you name it, I'm all over it. So in answer to your question, absolutely. However, yeah. what we want to do first is we want to be, be sure that we're offering the fantasy crowd enough to really uh, believe in Battle Bars, to be a part of it, to really use it in their games. And to do that, we have to make sure that we support uh, a large enough library that at what yeah. point can I reach this critical mass and all the talent keeps adding to it once, uh, month to month. Because what I've seen a lot in a lot of the other talent out there and the, the other uh, products out there, they seem to go from one genre to another too quick. And as a consumer, I, I would rather feel like I have a lot of the tools that I need in almost any situation for a fantasy game before you start switching to something else. I'd rather have a lot of one thing first instead of just a little bit in both because I kind of feel like I'm not being um, as well served as I could be. So we're making sure that we round out fantasy and the speed in which we go from fantasy to sci-fi and then eventually modern cyberpunk is really going to be on how quickly we can grow this. So... Long answer, sorry. Uh, short answer is yes, sir. We will definitely be going into other genres, uh, especially sci-fi. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay <laughs> with that answer. Uh, I'll get to have a lot of fun uh, with some uh, some fantasy stuff. I just oh wow. Just play. Just go to BattleBards.com, folks. Look at their website. Just play with some of the free clips they have there, and you are immediately gonna want to buy this. And pick this up. This is just amazing. Um, just a few clips we've played uh, is going to tickle your funny bone in so many ways. Up, oh, there it is again. What did I hit? Up, oh, I hit something else. All right. Well, um, you know, thank you so much for coming on and and yeah. you know talking about this and really showing your passion about this. Uh, this is going to be really up anyone's game. Uh, and that's one thing that we always kind of stress is get more from your games, and this definitely will get anyone more from their game uh, at any game table. And that's just, you know, congrats to you guys and the te- your team for putting this together and just putting together one amazing uh, product here that I definitely want to get on board with. So I'm well, sure the other guys you. do I, too. Well, thanks so yeah. much. I mean, uh, again, we, we can't thank you enough for this opportunity. Um, yeah. You know, reaching such a diverse market like gaming, um, we really count on you guys um, to kind of get the word out. So really from everyone at BattleBards, guys, thank you so much for giving us this time. Um, you know, we, we really can't be more grateful for it. Yeah, well, you're more than welcome. You know, when yeah. I got contact and I saw this, I was like, oh, my gosh, we got to get you guys on. This is awesome because um, this is definitely down my alley. I know it's down everyone else's alley, and, you know, this is one of the things that we really like to talk about with gaming, and this just... Again, it's all back to that. Oh, hold on a second. Let me change my CD. Or let me change the cue on this. So, uh, wow, you guys, you, you've done it. You've you made something amazing. And, uh, yes, Saturday. I, I will have to talk to you about that. See if we, what we can do for Saturday. So, oh, yeah, uh, no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not kidding. Uh, send, send us an email. Let me know. Um, let's let's really dive your players into that. Um, I'm right, sure cool. we have a lot that we could use. Don't don't be shy. Nope, no, I I won't be. You know, and uh, we actually we broadcast our show out of a game store, and this is actually where I'm going to be running the game from. So there's going to be a lot of people milling around to be able to hear, and I'll definitely right. let them know about it. And they're like, oh, where'd you get that? Yeah, go to BattleBards.com. It's perfect. even better, even better. Yeah. So yeah, let me know. I'd be happy to help you out. All right, great. Well, you know, thanks for your time tonight. Uh, uh, you guys have any other last questions before we let him go? I don't think so. 
you're the man. All, All right. right. Well, well, thanks again for your time. Uh, please stay in touch. Uh, you know, and if there's anything you want us to push, especially you know as time winds down, if we're grinding down, send something my way. We'll be more than happy to push it out on on our social media and our Facebook to keep uh, everyone's interest in in the Kickstarter or anything else you guys uh, are releasing or pushing out. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, yeah, you're the welcome. Community is really one of the best communities out there. Uh, but again, yeah. thank you so much, guys. Enjoy, you know, play games, um, and let's help evolve gaming together. Well, thank you. Have a great night. Okay. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye. All right. Uh, wow. Just amazing. Uh, I, I'm excited about this this system. So for you, Internet, you're listening. This is your opportunity to back up an amazing Kickstarter, and not for a bad price, and you get amazing, amazing uh options uh out of this i'm just going to jump back over i mean you can get in at really cheap and and they go i mean seriously you get the mixer the offline amount uh ten dollars or more you get the apprentice package which gives you access to over 500 plus tracks um and, and that's 10 bucks that is not bad for for a kickstarter and then it goes up to 20 then you got 25 which gives you the mixer and everything. And then it goes up from there. Um, I think it caps out. Let me see. It goes up to, what, $300? Yeah, 300 or more. Yeah. Um, which gives you a lifetime membership at that point, and you're a demigod. But, hey, that would be awesome. Uh, even 300 is not bad for this with a lifetime membership. So at that point, it sounds like you'd never have to pay that subscription fee or whatever. But even clear down at $10, that is not bad at all. So... Uh, go out, support these guys, pick this up. It's going to level up your gaming. Uh, we're going to take a small break, and then we're going to come back with Logan Long from uh, this year's Season 8 of Sci-Fi's TV show Face-Off. Uh, we're going to stretch some legs, and then we'll be back. So, uh, everyone, remember to mute your mics, and we'll be back. Gentlemen, behold, Dungeon Crawler Radio! <laughs> and sparkly New Year's as well, so, um... Greetings and salutations, listeners. <laughs> yeah, good one, Double D. This is Edward Double D speaking. Both of us would like to just say... You're listening to Dungeon Crawler's Radio. Um, Dungeons and Crawler's Radio is the place to be, so, okay, okay, bye now. Enjoy. Right now, right now, right now. 
mind of fandom from the restraints of greed and sloth. You will join us in our mission to restore free thinking and creativity. We are the supervillains. Okay, well, um, it happened again, folks. Someone just, uh, took over our, our, our show for a few seconds there. Uh, that was a little... Weird. These uh, these supervillain guys are kind of getting. I don't know. They they just keep coming back. Yeah. I, 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 I'm guessing. 
I'm guessing nothing happened last week. I don't know. I, I we were I was out of town and uh we just re, re, we rebroadcasted a show. So uh it's kind of getting crazy. Yeah. It it's is. never the same it's never the same message. It's weird. And that that one Why just kind of like ripped through that song. That that's horrible. <laughs> we're going to we're going to have to maybe contact someone and uh see what we can do about these guys. So uh, I guess we'll just move on with the show. So, uh, with that said, uh, we kind of we're kind of talking about that new, that new Star Wars trailer. Um, what were your guys' thoughts? I was I was really excited because the first one I saw a lot of scenery off. You got an idea of the the scenery, but this one had a lot more character development. Yeah, and it was definitely right in the right spots. I mean, the feeling was there. It it got me so excited. I think they did it. Well, I to be honest, I think they hit it right off the bat. I mean, here you see this little speeder going across Tatooine, which I'm guessing it's Tatooine. The the yeah. desert near it's like, okay, we've seen this all before. And then you see the Star Destroyer crashed <laughs> into the dirt. And you're just like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, every just from these trailers I have no doubt this will be one of the most epic Star Wars we've probably seen in a long time. You know, the first three. The, you know, four, five, and six. Uh, it's just looking amazing. So, and, and yeah. the villain, it, it kind of looks like he has some sort of mask on that kind of looks a little bit of a mixture between Vader and Revan uh, from yeah. the Old Republic. So, who knows? I, I don't know. This is kind of, it's exciting. You might so, even be in the movie. I don't know. Maybe. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we have to wait till December, of course. Um, of course. But, like yeah. Uh, I, there's, you know, and with internet the way it is nowadays, there's so many things out there that you have to question what's real, what's not. We've heard this and that with the Star Wars rumors. But that trailer kind of really put things together. So, um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it, it seems like it almost could give the original Star Wars movie a run for its money. Oh, I hope so. Well, I mean, this is the one thing that, you know, a lot of people were excited for the prequels to come out, and there was a lot of energy behind it, and then everyone, I, everyone just rags on them. And, you know they they don't like him. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of negatives and positives. I do like the fact that we actually get to see more of the world in the prequels than we did, you know, in the old four, five, and six. We get to see really nice shiny ships. The ships aren't clunky moving, you know. And again, I know technology improved, so we could get that. Um, when you know, in four, five, and six, we see very uh, clunky lightsaber fighting in the prequels we see very smooth fluid lightsaber fighting that's that shows that wow you know it's it's a fighting with a lightsaber is amazing it's not this weird two-handed clunkiness thing which um i i know george lucas originally thought a lightsaber should be heavy and so that's why we have that two-handedness and then ray park came in and said no we need to change this uh, 
And so, I, I mean, of course, there's there's been a lot of changes. Um, so I would like to see more fluid fight it, uh, that. We still do kind of see some of the older, clunky, uh, older-looking ships, but they're more battle-worn, but they have smoother movements. Like we see the X-Wings that are flying over the water, and then they're, you know, zipping up. So um, I'm excited. And I, I think... The original X-Wings, I think they're the more modernized. Yeah, they probably are. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited... I know this is kind of the exit for some characters. I love how this trailer ends with, you know, you see Han Solo and Chewbacca, and they're saying, you know, Chewie, we're home. Uh, so I'm guessing that means they haven't been on the Falcon for some time, and they, they get back on the Falcon. I don't know. Um, but we will see when the, it finally comes out. So, In other news, uh, I don't know if anyone know, heard this, but the first four episodes of this season's Game of Thrones was leaked out onto the internet um, this weekend, what? this last weekend, uh, out on torrent sites, and it got ate up like crazy. Um, so apparently a disc that was sent out to their assuming press, uh, someone had gone and removed the watermark and uh, put it out on several torrent sites. And that just uh, went everywhere. So, wow. Yeah. So the first four episodes are out there on the internet, uh, even though the first episode just barely came out last Sunday. Um, Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and then of course Daredevil has net hit Netflix. So, uh, the TV show, we've all been wondering what it's going to appear like. Um, wow. Uh, where's, wow. I, I, I want Batman now. I mean, I really want Batman. Um, this is very well shown that a dark, grim character that is willing to beat the crap out of his opponents can survive on television. Well, at least Netflix. Well, it's not just beat the crap, break, break the crap out of that guys. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, and then... I really, really love uh, Vincent uh, D'Onfrio's uh, Kingpin. Oh, I thought it was perfect. Um, I wasn't too I like sure. Help, uh, help back and shy, and not much of a people person, but man, if you make him mad, do not oh, yeah. get that guy away. Yeah. Well, I, I think they've given him a sense of humanity, really. Um in his character, which, because he, he's shy, he's kind of, you know, especially when you see him with that, that woman in that, that episode. Um, but it, then you see him snap because he was embarrassed. So, yeah. yeah. Is it him that but, snaps or? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he snaps at the guy. You know, and then it just keeps getting worse because, you know, as he's beating the guy up, the guy's, you know, the guy slashes his suit, which is some specially made suit, and then he gets blood on him because he's beating the the guy up, and then he just goes crazy. I'll just leave it at that. You'll have to watch it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I wasn't really sure. Uh, whenever I see Vincent, I, I always think of Edgar from Men in Black. You know, he's wearing an Edgar suit, you know. That that weird guy that eat you know that's a giant bug and I 
I can't get that ever out of my head. Now he's kingpin. Really? He definitely, he definitely is kingpin at this point. What was that you guys were going to say? I said, really? Even with that extra weight he's added on, I don't think he looks anything like Edgar anymore. Well, no, it's just that that's how I've always seen him. You know, whenever I see him acting in anything, I can never get Edgar, the Edgar suit guy, out of my head. Now <laughs> I have the kingpin, and it works. So is there any other thing that you guys want to uh, throw out there while we're waiting for uh, Logan to call in? We could talk a little bit about Dimensions. I thought that was pretty exciting. I know it hit last week, but we haven't had the podcast since then. And Lego's yeah. Dimension, I think, is taking a really cool turn on the toy gaming world, making toys real life and crossing over, you know, all the superheroes with Lord of the Rings, with the Lego City and every. I thought, like, if anybody can do this right, not saying the others haven't, but Lego knows how to do this. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know what Lego Dimensions is, it's pretty much like Skylanders or uh, Disney Infinity, but Lego's version of that. It's a video game. You put it on a portal, or and they it moves into the game. Um, they have all sorts of things. I mean, we were, the other day when we were at Teen Author Boot Camp, uh, Savart and I were looking at something. They had uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future and Marty McFly and a hoverboard were items that you could put on there, and then that goes into your video game. But And they're actual Legos, so not only is it a figurine, but you can actually play with these Legos, uh, which is just amazing all in itself. Um, you know, with the trailer, it covered areas we haven't seen yet in Lego games, such as the Wizard of Oz was in there. Yeah. And I think I saw Ninjago, which has been seen on uh, Nintendo systems, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things we're going to get into now any of like the superhero toy sets they have out just because you know with Disney Infinity they're probably wanting to do their things um but we you know we could see Star Wars we could see Harry Potter um there might even be uh oh what's that one game uh the, the new Doctor Who one's coming over all right looks like Logan's calling in so let's uh grab him and then we can talk more after this so good evening is this Logan it is. Hey guys, sorry it took me so long. I'm late. Oh, don't worry about it. For, uh, don't worry. Thanks for calling in, and uh, we were just talking geek stuff. So uh, you know, thanks for taking time out of your evening and giving uh, coming on the show and talking about uh, you know face off, as well as all of your amazing talents in uh you know f you know special effects makeup and, and other things. So um, no, so welcome. Thank you very much. So, what got you into this? I mean, because I can't. It's just kind of you. Know, did you just wake up one day and say, "Hey, this is what I want to do," or is this kind of a gradual thing? Well, I actually flew out to L.A. to audition for Top Chef, and they said, "Hey, you want to come face off?" And they're like, and I said, "Sure." I'm just okay. kidding. I'm just messing. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that is a really weird left hook. <laughs> yeah. In 2009. Um, my buddies and I decided we wanted to make some Halloween masks, and the four of us got to do it. I was the only one that finished. Um, and it sort of, I put it on the back burner for a couple of years. I was pursuing other things in life, and uh, then I, I started watching Face Off, and then made a second mask, and everybody gave me great reviews about it, so I thought I'd interview. 
Sure enough. Hold on a second. Wow. Raven's calling me. We need to, he needs to listen to the radio more. Yeah, he he's probably saying, "Oh, wait a minute," because I, I sent a message over asking for your your information so I could see why you were running a few minutes late. But that's okay. You yeah, can just. I know. The truth on that, I went I went and donated blood, and then I came home and started drinking a beer, and that's probably not a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you donated blood. And you can enjoy the rest of the evening. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys got some questions for Logan. Please, please, let's get this thing back on track. I think I've yes, derailed us a little forward. bit. Oh, you're fine. And you've got a lot of incredible works out there. What is like, if you're going to pick your top one, you down your top three, what, what would you put those as? I mean... Top of of what I've done, or top in terms of my um, inspirations. What you've done. Um, actually, I think I could. The best that I can say I've done is from the show. Um, honestly, I mean, you're given an unlimited um, a world of supplies at your fingertips, and you're being paid to do it. So naturally, I I think I excelled there. Anyway, um, Slayer was probably. The most fun, I'd probably put that at the top. Uh, that was the one where I, I put myself in that dragon character makeup. I don't know if you've seen the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by my crow troll, which didn't get much attention from the judges, despite um, my effort. I, I really dug that character. And then third would probably be the combination in the finale. Uh, I really liked all those characters, but the hammerhead shark named named Mako. Uh, would be my third favorite. Very cool. What uh, what gives you the inspiration for these maps? Do you see them in your mind first, or does it just blow out of your hands and you just do it? Uh, some of the masks are uh, inspired. They're, they're derivative directly from the uh, the movies. Uh, I did a Predator mask. That one was a lot of fun. Um, you may see... Uh, an ape on there with face paint. That's Koba from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Or maybe it was Rise, I can't remember. Um, and th- there are a few that I've that I've come up with on my own, some of them for other people, contracts and whatnot, but um, I think the majority are probably pre-existing concepts. So what? tell me about uh, one I really thought was quite impressive was uh, Miss Comet. Oh, you like that? <laughs> Good. I do. I, I think the coloring on it is really well done. The way you've done the bone structure around her cheeks and her her forehead, the icon in the center. What? Came, where did you get this concept from? Um, actually, that's sort of a funny development of a character. Uh, it didn't start out that way. <clears throat> Initially, I had a character that was um, mouthless. So it was a little bit more mysterious in, in its nature. And if you if you watch the episode, I, don't, I actually don't recall if Mr. Westmore turned back around to tell me this on the episode, but in, in reality he did. He stops, turns around, and says, "Don't you think that your model should be able to speak? Uh, because it is a it is a beauty pageant, and in beauty pageants they're often asked questions. And since we didn't have any details about the actual reveal day and what our models were going to be required to do." 
I erred on the side of caution and removed that chunk of the face piece, and and it gave her a mouth. But as far as the bone structure, I don't know. I just, you know, it, it's an aesthetic that I think worked well with the character. I wasn't trying to go real big with a huge cowl. Sort of ended up that way, but um, in terms of the depth of the of the cheekbones and all that, it was sort of a mistake, to be honest with you. Um, hmm. They were they were not supposed to be so embellished. Uh, the foam run didn't didn't go so well. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I had some real thick edges around the mouth, and I spent a good majority of that morning trying to fix that problem. So if you notice that her upper lip is sort of pushed out and her cheekbones are real big, that's because there's more foam latex there than there should be. Mm. Now, I'm a graphic designer, and there's a lot of times where I'll go out and I'll do a project, and they they come back and say, hey, I think this should look more like this. And I'm in my mind going, no, no, this should look just how I did it. When I look at your Miss Comet, I look at her, and I t- think she'd be a telepath type of communication. Is that why you did it without a mouth to start out with, or...? Yeah, yeah. I thought it sort of left it up to the imagination of the viewer. You know, we would assume that it would be telepathy at that point or some other communication. But since they had all, since she would have had all the other uh, sensory organs, it would have been uh, probably the next best guess that she was uh, telepathic. But you know, sometimes I stop the development of a character just before that. You know, it was enough for me to know that she was she communicated in another way. And that's the other thing. Um, when I when I to sort of touch on your previous question, when I go to, to develop a character, I focus on the um, the environment in which they live, maybe the time period, and these things really lend to some of the aesthetic choices. So, you know, I, I can skip I can skip all of my conceptualizing once I've just once I realize that the character lives on a desert planet, for instance. I'm not going to go run through a bunch of different. Um, Features of it, it's obviously going to have to have this thick, enduring skin, for instance, or it really limits the, the options I've got there. So that's that's sort of my conceptualizing process. One thing I really did enjoy about her, too, is when you actually look at her with your collage of all the lobby or other characters you had on your homepage, she just seemed to stand out. Lobbyers are really a dark shade. You know, they're a little bit more gruesome or however you want to look at it. But she stands out over there and the top left and it just says, you know, here I am. I'm different than the rest. So I think that's what pulled me towards her. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think my palette, the palette that I gravitate towards is darker, more earth tone. And they sort of welcome the projects where I didn't really have a choice. You know, this is a beauty pageant. I couldn't go dark and earth tone. Same with the, the children's challenge or the kids challenge where we did their imaginary friends. I did a mermaid. Once again, if I'd gone dark with that palette, it wouldn't really have appealed to the kids. Looking over you your guys the show, I hope. You guys all well, that? Did you watch through, through the finale? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Hey, Logan. I really enjoyed your, uh, your Slayer, one of your top threes there. Um, why did you end up deciding with going with yourself as the, the model? Oh, that was part of the challenge. We didn't have a we didn't have a choice. That was on the show. Uh, but what challenges did that bring up for you? To make up just for yourself. Um, I've applied makeups to myself before, and I regarded them as difficult. But um, under that time crunch, it becomes 
even more difficult, uh, if you recall in the episode, we did have help for, I believe it was an hour to an hour and a half. Um, there are just simply some things you can't do when you're applying to yourself. And I kept that in mind when I was designing Slayer. I didn't want to do some, I didn't want to overburden my assistant when it came to application because um, the amount of time that they were given wasn't that much. So I stuck with a face piece for him in terms of uh, foam latex. So during that at that show, your judge on that was uh, Todd McFarlane. Is that right? Yeah, it was awesome. The, the, what's that like? I mean, ever since Bond came out years ago, he's just been one of my top guys I look towards to see what he does with his art and how he handles himself. And how much time were you able to spend with Todd? Did you get to spend much time with him? What was he like? I'm for- Unfortunately, we didn't spend much time at all with any of the uh, guest judges. Um, Todd was fantastic. He was an articulate judge with uh, great input. And and I don't know if that's because it was the first and only time that we were actually listening to the critiques of the judges as they walked up for closer looks. But I really felt like he was happy to be there and really engaged. I'm still waiting for him to contact me, by the way. I I was hoping he would do a at least a few panels of a comic of Slayer that I could hang on my wall. I think that would be badass. <laughs> that would be that cool. would. How did you feel but about the other, uh, judges? Uh, the the normal three judges? Glenn yes. Yeah. And Neville? Yes. Uh, I, I, I like them all. Um, some days I, I like them less than <laughs> normal because, <laughs> as you, you know, I, I love being on the show, uh, but there were some days where I was stunned, frankly, that I was safe. And I know that's kind of a snotty thing to say, like, oh, you should be happy you're safe, Logan. True, but I wasn't there to just skate by until the finale. Um, And I didn't. I had three wins before that, but it was either safe or win. And not a bad place to be, but at the same time, there were days where I was leaving the stage, like the troll, for instance. Frankly, I thought I had that in the bag, um, despite my – I absolutely loved Jamie's troll. She ended up winning that challenge, and she deserved it. Uh, but I was maybe a little bit too proud of my own work, and I would leave the stage frustrated at the judges. But um, they're all very cool. I think people have sort of a skewed um, understanding of their personalities because it's TV, you know. Uh, Glenn is yeah. actually a very nice guy, and I – I really appreciated his critiques as well as the other two judges. You know, they they they, they have a, a television personality and then a slightly different uh, real life personality. Nice. Now, who who inspires you at, the most as an artist? Uh, I I would assume you have you know people that you kind of looked up to and kind of inspire your creations. Oh, man, absolutely. It kind of depends on which medium we're talking about. If we're talking about special effects, which I guess we are, or, I mean, I, I've got the the standard answers are, are unavoidably the, the best answers. Um, Dick Smith in, in the purest makeup effects sense um, and Rick Baker in the same way, moving into monsters. Uh, I, I very much admire the creature uh, designers that are at ADI and Stan Winston and his crew, uh, Spectrum Motion, 
uh, th- these are there's a long list of very talented artists that inspire me, but um, I guess it would probably be best put to say that the, my favorite characters are Predator and Alien. So okay. everybody involved in that are are my inspirations. Nice. So G- Geiger then, definitely. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, for yeah. A, for a, as a painter, I, I love his work and um, more contemporary, more current uh, would be Chet Zar. I don't know if you've heard of his work, but um, maybe you can do a quick Google search and look him up. I really dig his his concepts. He was previously an effects artist. I think he still does some of it, but right now he just paints and does hmm. a great I'll job. Look that up. I've got one of his I've got one of his prints in my actually he made me a print number one of one hundred. And I've got it hanging in my living room or my dining room. Nice. Oh wow, yeah, he does have some pretty co- cool work. I just pulled him up uh, in Google. Wow. Yeah, look up. Uh, he's Chet Zar Cthulhu. He did this very bright orange painting of Cthulhu. That's that's what I've got. Real fan of his. Oh wow. That is pretty awesome. Wow. Okay. I'm a, I'm a fan of Cthulhu. That's awesome. That is <laughs> cool. Amazing. Yeah, he does mostly portraits. Yeah. Matter of fact, I don't know if I have ever seen anything that wasn't a portrait, but fine by me. <laughs> now, uh, now was season eight the first season you had auditioned for or tried out for, um, and you just got on, or did you try out previously? Uh, that was my third attempt, actually. Oh, I, third attempt. I okay. tried out for season six. Yeah, and it and it happens fairly quickly, as you'd imagine. They're shooting, they're, they're shooting and airing two se- two seasons roughly in one year's time, maybe just over a year. So mm. for six, seven, and eight, that was that was the duration of uh, probably eighteen months or more. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I can safely say that I was not the most experienced and nowhere close to it when it came to when I finally got on the show, but what they did like was the uh, rate at which I improved, I think, over the course of that time. Nice. So, yeah. Now, has it, it was a compliment kind of, that I got while I was there. Oh, Go that's ahead. good. Uh, was it kind of frustrating being, you know, waiting for the finale? Because, I mean, you, you, you've known what happened and not being able to tell anyone, because I'm sure there was a non-disclosure and all these other things that were in, in effect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that has to be frustrating. It definitely was. Um, so if there is anybody out there that's listening that hasn't seen it, I don't know why you're listening right now, but if you are and you don't want to be spoiled by the finale, stop listening for a second. <laughs> um, so you, as you know, I didn't win. Um, and having that, it was it was sort of a burden because, first of all, yes, we did have the non-disclosures, and I wanted to abide by that. But more importantly, I didn't want to ruin the surprise for anybody. So anytime somebody yeah. asks me what happened in, the, in an upcoming challenge, I didn't want to ruin it um, for their sake. But knowing how the how the actual finale went was a little frustrating because people would walk up to me and wink at me and you know give me the they'd rub elbows and they'd say I know you won or, or they, they they wouldn't say anything they'd just give me the body language of it and I. Yeah. I didn't want to say I didn't, but I also wanted to say, settle down. And I did quite a bit. I was like, hey, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I mean, I, I just uh, want to say, you know, props to you and congrats for at least making it to the to being one of the finalists. That's yeah, that's final amazing. Um, so, Thanks very much. Especially, you know, like you said, you, you kind of didn't go in there with uh, the most experience, but you improved quickly and and enough to you know, be valid in being one of the final three. So that that's awesome, and congrats to you. Um, hey, thanks very much. Yeah, and I mean, do you have um, any plans moving forward? Absolutely. Uh, I've, I, I didn't. I sort of touched on it earlier. I was pursuing something else before I started into this crazy career path. Um, I was I was in the Air Guard in California for nine years. Interviewed seven times for pilot. Um, as a matter of fact, on the seventh interview, and this is around the country. I was picked up to fly C-130s out of Minneapolis. Um, and this happened, they, they announced this um, just after I got off the show. And I had a real crisis trying to figure out whether or not that's something I wanted to do. Did I want to spend another 12 years in the military and uh, at, the, at the cost of pursuing something that I, I, I just discovered I really enjoy. Uh, and so I decided to pursue this. And, and now here I am, I've, I've head first into this career and with no backup plan. So here we go. Um, now that uh, the show's over, there have been a number of people contacting me, which is fantastic. Uh, I, I would really like to um, enhance the local um, existing group of artists. You know, it's, you know it, it's a small pool of work that's here, and I understand that, and so do the other artists. But I would also like to increase that amount of work that's here through whatever influence I have. Um, so our own projects notwithstanding I've got some other things going on um, I'm supposed to go to India I was actually supposed to leave tomorrow for five weeks on a shoot with uh, actually an Academy Award winning makeup effects artist who I will leave nameless for now uh, until until actually I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a message on Facebook or something when I'm in India and once he's approved that so um, cool. that'll, be, yeah. that'll be pretty cool we'll be working on a Bollywood film for five weeks well, that'll be our part anyway. Um, and aside from that, uh, just little projects here and there seem to be popping up, which is kind of fun. Nice. I mean, it sounds like you, you've got some some promising uh, prospects moving forward. And I, yeah. I'd be, I'm excited well, what, to see. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say it's it's it is a it is an important point that I make when I say. I, I would like to bring more work to the state, if it, if it's possible. I know that might seem like a pipe dream to some, but this is my home, um, and this is what I want to do, so this is where I am. Um, yeah. And there are only a few of us in the industry here, and I would love more than anything to collaborate with everybody here and have everybody profit and have uh, bright futures together. Yeah, well, I, and this is definitely a great state yeah. with a lot of creative people, I mean, that's the one thing I, I love about here is, you know, you go, you know, an hour any direction and you have a different scenery. Uh, you know, you got the salt flats, you got the red rock down south, volcanic rock. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Um, and just, you know, looking at your creations just from face off, you know, anyone can shoot a movie with this superb uh, type of special effects makeup and make something here. You don't need to go anywhere else. I mean, we have, you know, especially like the arachnid thing. Just go down south, and you know, the red rock down right. there would be a perfect place for these type of creatures. So uh, totally, and wow. thank you, by the way. 
superb. Yeah. <laughs> um, Glenn never told me it was superb, but kind of close, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we have we have plenty to offer here, and that's that's one of the biggest uh, priorities that we should all have whether you're in directly involved in the filmmaking or you're somebody who just in, uh, appreciates local film and wants to support it, you need to, you need to keep your eye out and your ear out when, when, when the rallying cry goes out and we're all trying to get the attention from the rest of the, of the country to say, Hey, Utah is a great place to shoot for these reasons, you know, whether it be tax incentives or uh, beautiful landscapes or the talent that's here, we need to be heard, and I think that's uh, that that needs to be the priority of all of, all the artists and everybody involved. Yeah, um, in fact, I mean, Savart and I just were talking to a, another gentleman this last weekend that uh, is trying to do something very similar to that here. Uh, he he just lives down in uh, Spanish Fork, and he's he's the guy that designed one of the Iron Man suits, and he's working with a couple people to try to see if they can, you know, bring movies and stuff that back here to Utah in that type of fashion. So uh yeah. maybe I'll have to put you guys well, in touch. Good on. Yeah. Yeah, please so, do. We yeah. Make a, uh, how about this? Somebody somebody heads up a Facebook page with this mission and as its mission statement. Yes. So uh you guys hey, do you any of you other guys have questions for Logan? I mean this wow. I just keep looking at these uh, the designs you have and just I'm floored. These well, are awesome. Go I've, ahead. I've got another one here. Uh, uh, what was your inspiration for the uh, four characters for the uh, fi- for the finale? That would have been the island of Dr. Moreau. Um, oh, it took okay. a while to arrive at the actual characters themselves, but we wanted we wanted them to be decidedly different yet have uh, obvious similarities. Meaning, the in this case, they all had some sort of cheesy biomechanics going on. We went, um, we, we, we danced on the uh, caricature or the cartoon version of, of the characters. So we didn't, we didn't go for hyper-realistic. We went for sort of a cartoon. Because it's a family okay. show. We're appealing to kids, right? Yeah. Um, but then again, I don't know what kids these days even know what the island of Dr. Moreau is. So maybe that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I I still think they'd see these and they'd think they were cool. So they probably wouldn't know what cool. the island of Dr. Moreau is, but they would see these and think they're pretty cool. Because at least with my kids, I, they watch cartoons that have characters that are very similar looking to these. So uh, I'm sure it will appeal to them. Yeah. Wow. That I, that I one has a like question. a. Go ahead, take, grab your question. I was going to say, uh, the, the Predator mask and, and working on the, the face mask from Planet of the Apes, when you're when you're having to redo those or do them in your own eyes, how, what kind of uh, pressure does that put you under? Oh, and I'm, I, I do those for fun. Um, so that's no pressure at all. I'm sitting there watching cool movies, listening to good music, uh, sculpting some of my favorite, most iconic characters. So that's that's actually if I if I weren't doing this or trying to do this for a living, I'd be doing it as a pastime. So that leads to what's your house look like? <laughs> My house has traditionally been a cycle of messy, clean, messy, clean, and it all usually rotates around when my wife is home. Meaning she she I know she's coming home and I 
and I am scrambling to get things cleaned up because we just moved back from Atlanta, and in Atlanta, my my studio was my living room. So, uh, but now we just uh, we just bought a house in Draper, actually, and I'm sitting in my studio right now, which is a an isolated room in the on the ground floor with concrete floors and industrial sink. It's perfect, <laughs> perfectly suited for me to work from home yet get big projects done, and not put that in my life. You do hold on to all your uh, past projects, like your Predator's Mask is probably sitting somewhere. You just don't build them and, like, toss them away like I do half my graphic design projects. So, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I actually think I'm kind of fortunate to have had the um, disposable time and, in some cases, the money to pay for these little projects and then just to, just for the sake of putting them on my shelf. Uh one or two of the masks that I have on my shelf were a contract, but the deal was that I got it back after the fact so I could, you know, display it at home because otherwise, you know, it sits there as a mold and nobody ever, nobody cares about a mold, right? So it's kind of nice to be able to display my work at home. But, yeah, to answer your question, Predator's in my living room. <laughs> no, so after after complaining about my wife, I need to clarify, she's been the most supportive person throughout this whole process and she shocks me with how accommodating she is or or even eager to put these things up in the living room. I mean I've got a I've got a three foot tall replica Queen Alien face hugger statue from a deleted scene from Alien Three in our dining room. It's just sitting there. She's totally cool with that. <laughs> so <laughs> Man, you, you you did luck out there. Wow. Yes, I did. <laughs> now, were you able to uh, keep any of the uh, creatures that you uh, created on Face Off? No. As a matter of fact, I know that they destroy what remains. They destroy the molds, and it's one of the saddest things ever. Uh, wow. Yeah. So you you advertise on your website that y'all do props and everything for different cosplay. Have you actually done any cosplay props where people have contacted you saying, hey, I want to do this. Can you do it for me? Has that happened yet? Not yet. Um, I have been contacted more nebulously with people saying, um, are you taking orders? And uh, before I reply to that, I, I need to sort of get my schedule figured out. But um Specifically, no. People haven't called me to make them props, which is uh, something that I would absolutely welcome, um, but we just barely got moved into the house, so the time will come. I also know that there are other people in the Valley that specialize in props alone, and I like to uh, I like to encourage people to explore people that do it as a specialty. It is something that I can do and would happily do it, but... Uh, I, I, again, I don't want to take work from people. Okay. But wow. that's not to say that I won't do it. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's my disclaimer. Please shoot me an email if you want a prop made. <laughs> <laughs> Everything has gone silent. They're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh. If we take away Predator and Alien, who do you want to contact you to make what movie or, or be part of next? 
dream that's dream a good question. Um, I or an alien. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I was just gonna say I was gonna say take a guess, but I think it's no surprise that I want Neil Blomkamp to contact me about Alien Five. But yeah, no since, since we've removed those characters, um, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Two, because I think that that movie, despite having a tremendous amount of um, computer graphic effects, uh, also had had quite a few makeups, if you recall, that were pretty cool. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you would want be me to cool. do Howard the Duck. I'll do Howard the Duck. Ooh, I, I would be totally excited for that. <laughs> I remember the old Howard the Duck movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get a better so one. So weird. Which with much better, cooler aliens. Yeah. Nice. Yep. All right. Do you guys have any other final questions? Because we're going to get ready to wrap up. Well, I've got another one now. Go ahead. The, the uh, Living Doll Competition. How, uh, what, uh, what was your inspiration on that one? And that was where I didn't take my own advice from previously in the season. And I picked, I was first to pick my doll and I picked the voodoo doll, which I thought was obvious. And that's, that's the advice I had for myself. Don't always pick the obvious thing. And it became a burden, man, trying to figure out how to make uh, burlap a significant feature of a, of a living character. So uh, voodoo doll is a cool um, inspiration um, I'm trying to forget. I'm trying to remember the, the religion that it's associated with. Help me out, guys. Uh, I I, uh, I can't remember, but I do doll? remember what the judges uh, said about it. it. They thought it was uh, too scarecrowish. <laughs> yeah, that's. In the in the words that we repeated r- regularly on the show, we were quoting the dude and said, "That's just like your opinion, man." Because <laughs> that's yeah. how we felt quite quite often. So yeah, fine. Looks like a scarecrow, but it also looks like a voodoo doll. Yeah, I, I thought it was a very good voodoo doll. Thank you. Excellently put together. Really creepy. I like how you made the face shift, kind of. I mean, Thank you. <laughs> the religion, I believe, it's hoodoo, isn't it? Uh, hoodoo dolls are connected to hoodoo or whatever. Yeah, I think there was, yeah. The the witch doctor religion, you know. Yes, yeah. yeah. My degree to work here. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys, You guys are really awesome for contacting me. I appreciate it. And, and shout out to Raven for... Um, putting this together. This has been cool. Yeah. You know, okay. no, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. And, you know, definitely what you've done, I, the stuff you got, you've made amazing. It's yeah. awesome. Uh, you know, props to you. Wish you the best of luck in, in the future uh, moving forward. Uh, you're def, you've got talent. And that's uh, just looking at these, uh, these creations you've made. Wow. Uh, these are well, things that, again, I would, man. that I would be for afraid of in, in a dark, scary place. I do have one <laughs> last quick question. Okay, one last quick question, then we're going to let Logan go. If, if Faceoff uh, asked you to come back for to compete on another season, would you? 
in a heartbeat. It was a, one of the greatest experiences of my life. Nice. Despite not winning, it was great. <laughs> Despite not winning. All right. Now, uh, real quickly, is there any – do you have a web page, social media and that, that our listeners can go and, you know, like you, follow you, and and find out all the, the craziness you're working on? I, I really wish uh, wish they would. I have a website, loganlongcw.com, okay. um, and you can follow me on Twitter at loganladdie, L-A-D-D-I-E, Instagram also. And I'm glad you asked because I, I don't know what your reach is here um, in terms of, of geography, but I'm finding that Salt Lake is more often than not very unfamiliar with face-off. So, yeah. um, and, the, well, and the industry more as a whole. So. Yeah. To, the nice thing is, the nice thing is, yeah, and one of the reasons Raven wanted me to bring you on is you, we do have a worldwide audience, so it's more than just here in Salt Lake. So, uh, and we, we have over a th- hundred thousand listeners. So, um, definitely get more people interested and take a look at your work. And uh, uh, you know, thanks for coming on tonight. And uh, you know, and movies are at, being made. Oh, here. and movies are being made here and elsewhere. And you know, uh, you. Know, if there's any other projects you want us to to talk about or you want to come back on the show, please feel free to to, to reach out, and we'd love to have you back on. Sounds good. Thanks again. Uh, shoot me a message via email or whichever is most convenient, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Thanks again. All right. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Have a wonderful sure. evening, and we'll yeah. talk to you again. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Have a good night. All right, everyone. That is Logan Long uh, from this year's Season 8 of Sci-Fi TV show Face Off. Great guy. I, seriously, go to his website, loganlongcw.com. Check out some of these creations he's made, these masks. I am not kidding. These are things that I would not want to uh, to see. Um, or it, yeah, it, it, Even it's freaky. Day- what was that? Even seeing them in the daylight is a little scary. Well, yeah. I mean, the arachnid, this warthog, uh, the crow troll, uh, the guest judge was... You know, Doug Jones. I mean, I, I've met Doug Jones. Nicest guy in the universe. Loves to give hugs. Um, we're, he's amazingly tall. I mean, and, and freakishly thin, but he loves to give hugs. He loves to touch. Nicest guy in the universe. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he played Abe Sapien. He's actually uh, going to be in uh, an upcoming uh, Marvel. Is it TV or movie? I can't remember which one. Uh, yeah. Uh, my mind's blanking. I, I'm looking at the bog monster. And my mind blanked. <laughs> uh, you know, Miss Comet is awesome. The voodoo doll is pretty awesome. Uh, the saloon girl uh, with the steampunk prosthetic arm, and then of course, you know, the uh, the the final farewell with the the Doctor Moreau type thing. Uh, just amazing. Uh, so check him out. Take a look, and uh, please follow him. And, uh, yeah, so we have about 10 minutes, guys, uh, left of the show. Uh, I want to say thank you to both the Battle Bards and Logan Long for coming on the show tonight. And uh, Geek News. Uh, so uh, we got we got some really cool stuff. Uh, as you know, we've added Savart to the show. We've added Scotty. Uh, starting next week, we'll be adding uh, a female voice to the group. Uh, we'll have Jessica joining us. She's actually at Star Wars Celebration right now. She just sent me a message that she just, uh, her and her fiance were just talking to the, uh, director and creator, the director of Star Wars Rebels, 
Um, so yeah, rub it in. Uh, so we'll we'll be having content coming back from Star Wars Rebels, uh, which is gonna be awesome. She's gonna huge Star Wars fan. If you don't know who she are, she is. She actually came on with Jared, uh, her fiance, to talk about Knights of the Old Republic, uh, Broken Souls. She is the lead character that played the Exile. So if you guys went out and took a look at that video, she's the blonde there that played the Exile. So uh, she's ecstatic to join the team and talk about geek stuff. And uh, if you haven't been able to tell, she's a huge Star Wars geek. Uh, She loves cosplaying and so much more so. Uh, we're excited to have her on board, and we just got more and more exciting stuff rolling through. So uh, next week we will have uh, author Jonathan Ryan on talking about his new book, The Dark Bride, and kind of a last-minute thing I've been able to set up. We're going to have uh, Keith Allen in the house talking about his Dark Lord Funk video that has gone viral and everywhere. Uh, we had Keith on a while back when he did his uh, first one. Uh, oh, what was that? The geek one. Oh, man. I, I blanked. We used to play it. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. I, I feel so bad, Keith. Blanks here. Keith, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you guys know what it is? Uh, crap. Oh, man. Uh Okay, hold on. Man, I feel so bad that I, I blinked on this. Um, so he's doing the. It has Dark Lord Funk right now. Oh, I, it started out with that Hey You from, uh, what do you call it? Uh, from Zelda. Oh, Talk Nerdy to Me. That's what it was. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I blinked on that. Yeah. Um so yeah, good guy. He's coming on uh, next week to talk about that. And then we're just gonna we just keep rolling with with interviews and other great stuff. So, um, any other geek stuff that we want to talk about before we roll out? I know we were talking about Legos and Dimensions, but is we want to keep talking about that, or is there other things we want to talk about? That's good. Okay. Well, there's you know that third trailer of the Avengers came out and. I was thinking, maybe in a, I'm curious, I guess it's more off the first one. Do you think Captain America is going to be able to pick up Eleanor during the third Avengers, the second Avengers movie? He wiggled it. Okay, well, some, in, in, in the comic book, he has lifted it. Yes, I know. It, so, I would have to imagine yes, just because... Captain America is pure of heart. He, you know, he has everything that Thor strives to be. I mean, honestly, um, I don't know what we'll to see. I mean, com- I would say there's, there's, there's the possibility. There's so many little bits and pieces given away with these trailers. Like when Thor comes out of that pool of water, a lot, you know, people are heading towards the that is probably the the leading to Rag, Ragnarok. Yeah. And that he's up there trying to get that vision on how this might all end, if that's what's really happening. It could be to the point where his Melnor is left on Earth and Captain might need to pick it up. I mean, after you see Thor hit hit his shield into like seven people and Captain America throws it at him, 
it can be fun to see it re- back and have Captain pick up the the shit, the hammer and have some fun. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, we're just gonna have to see. I mean, it's less than a month away. I mean, it's weeks away at this point uh, that we get to see the next Avenger movie, and I'm excited. There's there's a lot of amazing movies that are coming out this year. Um, for talking comic book fans, the, talking about another trailer just hit this last week was uh, this the Ant Man trailer. Oh, yeah. I thought so much better done than the first teaser. It really got me excited for the Ant Man movie. It's not that I wasn't excited, but I have a good understanding of what they're trying to accomplish now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. You know, Ant Man is one of those tough characters, but I, they're kind of building it like a uh, kind of like a like an Ocean's Eleven type movie, uh, and I think that's where Marvel's really winning. Uh, you know, as much as I hate to say that because I'm a DC fan, is because it's not you're not getting the same comic book movie. Every comic book movie has a little bit different. You know, like uh, when we saw Captain America, we got to see an old. World War Two movie, uh, and then you know, and and Thor and Iron Man. They were more, you know, Iron Man is definitely modern, and then Thor was kind of a mixture between a modern setting and that old medieval type feel. So, uh, I'm excited the if they can. That was very espionage, spy, you know. Yeah. Modern stuff was quite different too. Yeah, so I I think they're gonna pull it off. Well, they're just—they're doing it the right way. They're following the comic books. They're actually sticking pretty close to what the storyline was. So it, it gels together so well. That's what made people love it so much in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So we will—we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. And then, most importantly of all, what is the next Infinity Stone that we're going to see? Because we've seen several at this point. Something's got to show up, and then, the then at the very end of the trailer, what's next? Is it going to be Ant Man? Is it going to be something else? Who knows? Doctor Strange. That's what I want. Maybe some Spider Man. I don't know. Uh, I just I do know we're building up to Civil War eventually, so uh, that's going to be interesting. And I do know that they did announce that there. Uh, with Spider-Man, there is not going to be an origin movie. They're just going to jump in, because you already know that. that they're not going to rehash that, which I think is brilliant, because we've already seen the Spider-Man origin story way too many times. So, another thing I've been thinking about, dealing with uh, watching all of Daredevil and how it went through and this whole season, I got done watching it, and I really think it's a lead into Civil War, too. When people look back and they look at this one guy that's just fighting this, call it a small neighborhood or whatever you want to call it, in Hill's Kitchen, it's going to make people start to wonder about the smaller heroes like Daredevil that's not, you know, they are now fighting the whole world to save us. They're fighting their little corner. And I see that leading to people wanting the superheroes to register. And I can see how this could lead to our civil war with Captain America. Yeah. Well, and, and for those of you that aren't familiar with the Civil War storyline, it's basically, it comes down to there's a pretty much 
type like a registration act where uh, they want all the superheroes unmasked and know what their identities are. And some people don't side with it. Other people do. And there's one point you know, in the storyline where Peter Parker unmasks himself publicly on TV. Uh, you know, he backs with Tony Stark. Captain America doesn't agree with it. And then at one point in the storyline, Captain America is shot and killed. Uh, I, I want to see how close they stay to that because killing off Captain America, it, that was devastating. A lot of people were shocked, but, uh, you know, and he eventually came back, but will they do that in the movies? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. It's all very exciting stuff. Yeah. Weird scenes, comic books, I've, cartoons I've watched as a kid just coming to life. Yeah. Right before my eyes. With, with that said, as well, uh, just uh, two weeks away from this Saturday, uh, May 2nd is free comic book day. Uh, so go to your local comic shop and uh, go pick up some free comics. If you've never got into comics, this is a great opportunity. If your kids aren't, there's there there are a wide range uh, of comics available from you know really small kids all the way up to adults and some really good titles. Uh, so go pick those up and check that out. All your local comic book stores. We'll have them, uh, so contact them, find out. But it is this Saturday, or not this Saturday, excuse me. It is that Saturday, May 2nd. Um, and I do know a local comic book store here has asked if uh, we'll come and broadcast uh, for that day. And uh, we'll talk more about that. But And then we'll let you, everyone know. But with that said, it is time to wrap up, say goodbye. Uh, tune in next week as we have Keith Allen on the show and Jonathan Ryan talking about his new book, uh, Dark Bride and then Keith Allen's Dark Lord Funk which has made a huge splash out on the internet going so far that J.K. Rowling herself uh, mentioned something on it So, uh, with that said we'll catch you next week and stay tuned to our social media pages because the interviews from Teen Author Bootcamp are rolling out the first two came today uh, one for Sh- author Shalee MacArthur and uh, J. Scott Savage is out. So both Savart and I have uh, several interviews uh, that we're in talking to authors, and uh, check those out. Like our Facebook page, like our Twitter, or follow our Twitter account, like his, our YouTube channel, and so forth. And we will catch you next week. Till then, good night, world. Good night, Salt Lake, and get more from your games. Good night. And we're out.